You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Chris Jones looks out for one person, and that's Chris Jones. He'd care less if you're his player, if you're one of his assistant coaches, if you're one of his coordinators. He looks out for himself. So he, I don't think he cares what he said or that he said it. I'm sure he would stab his mother in the back. Oh, if he got him a W for sure. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John Fraser. I'm actually part Canadian. No dude to it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rouge. And Travis Curra. Man, if they go with Sanceri over Brett Smith, then nothing has changed in Saskatchewan. We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Uh, what do you call it? You're supposed to do the thing where you talk and you pretend like... <laughs> you're like in- interested in the thing, but you just the need interview. the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the inner blue. Can't forget the nonsense. I thought you should know I ate two carrot muffins as you were drunk, Jim Barker. Ready, set, put. It is episode 72, the Two and Out CFL podcast. It is Brazilian tie, Travis Curra. Now, this contradicts what I have on the prep sheet, prep sheet Brazilian tie, but. Uh, the poutine uh, bit in the in the intro reminds me of what I saw on the old QE2 the other day. So the fair's in town, which means you see all kinds of crazy stuff on the highway. You know, there's a, there's the zipper. Oh my god, <laughs> driving by on the highway. But I saw a poutine food truck, la poutinerie, made with real homemade gravy. Now, if I were to ever commit grand theft auto. That's the vehicle I would steal. See, but yeah, then, you're not a gravy guy. Yeah, like you, it's not really appealing to me on that one. I mean, I'd steal the mini donuts trailer. Yeah, I'd steal that too. <laughs> but I mean, I think who wouldn't? So, do you like Thanksgiving? Do you just skip turkey? Do you put ketchup nope. on it? What do you do? No, no ketchup. It's <laughs> salt. Just salt. Salt and butter. Okay. And just go to town. And a little bit of cayenne pepper. I like the sounds of that. Yeah, it's a wonder that I have chest pains every day. <laughs> In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out podcast. All right, before the football news, let's talk about what's happening uh, to our neighbors to the west. At least. For me, neighbors to the west uh, in Alberta, I guess you too. I guess everybody in Canada. Uh, the wildfire situation in BC. Uh, where are you at right now, Tyrell? What's the smoke situation there? Uh, I am in Fort Sask at the moment, and it is smoky. Oh yeah, uh, the sun was orange here when it was setting, and I can't even open my window because all I smell is the smoke, and it started rolling in. I don't know, late afternoon, and we shut down at work a little early and went and washed the truck because I just didn't want to be out there anymore. It was kind of gross. And we're hundreds of kilometers away uh, from the fires in B.C., but the air quality here is brutal. I can't imagine what it's like mm-hmm. uh, closer to them. Uh, big news, the league has stepped up, donated, uh, I guess combined between all the teams, $50,000 to the efforts there. If you would like to help... It's pretty easy. You can uh, donate 10 bucks to the Red Cross. All you got to do is pick up your phone, text FIRES, 
with an S to 30333. It's pretty cool what the Bombers are doing this week, too. They host an online 50-50 draw. It's new this season. Every uh, time the Bombers are away this year, uh, they can buy 50-50 tickets online, which I think is just a beauty idea. The proceeds from that are going towards relief efforts as well. So if you live in Manitoba, grab yourself a 50-50 ticket for that. 50-50 draw for an away game. Like I don't know why a lot of teams aren't doing that. It I think like that's a really a good way to... Great idea! Garner interest and a little extra money for whoever's going to get the other end of that 50-50. But if you are in Manitoba, uh, for sure grab a ticket if you can and help uh, help out the cause. Tyrell, i got to ask you one question. Okay. What, what about Karen? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I know you're fired up about uh, Karen. I, I <laughs> talked to you about her at the uh, Eskimo game on Friday. She ends up getting a ton of swag. Here, here's how it works. Every CFL game, I guess if you shop at Sobeys or Safeway, you scan your Air Miles card, you're automatically entered into the Safeway Sobeys Touchdown to Win contest. If a kickoff is returned, not a punt, a kickoff is returned for a touchdown. You're going to win yourself a $25,000 home theater system. Well, the opening kickoff returned for a touchdown by Ryan Langford by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So Karen Kuldis, a Bomber fan, gets herself a, of course, $25,000 home theater setup. Well, later in the game, after Andrew Harris scores a touchdown in the second quarter, Martise Jackson of the uh, Toronto Argonauts returns it all the way. But wait! There is a flag on the play, an illegal block. It's called back. Karen does not get her $1 million. Of course, if two kickoffs, kickoffs are returned, she gets the million bucks. But after that, social media went a little wild, and I know you weren't too thrilled with it, Brazilian die. Did, did he score two touchdowns on kickoff? No. Then she didn't win anything. Sorry. Those are the rules. And now everybody's like, oh, shouldn't have been a penalty, blah, blah, blah. You know what? That's a great heads-up play by the cover guy. Michael running Miller. Down, Mike Miller, I believe like, his name is. Yeah. Yeah, running down Ortiz and then decides to cut in front of the returner or the return team and just happens to fall down. I, I would do the same thing. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You're going to try to help your team any way you can. You know you're not going to catch him. Maybe you can draw a penalty on a player, and everybody's going to say that he wasn't going to catch him anyway. That's not... That's not what the rules are for. It's for player safety. If I block the guy from behind, he's more liable to get hurt. He can't brace himself for the impact. That being said, everybody, the outcry on Twitter, is like, whatever, who cares? She didn't have it to begin with. It's not like she had a million dollars in her hands and they took it away. She never had it to begin with. So all this extra stuff, I think it's just companies, PR departments making it look like they care somewhat. I don't know. It's just the whole uproar about it. I just don't get it. I I don't care. It's one of those things that just doesn't appeal to me whatsoever. Well, you know that, I mean, even if it was an accident or whatever, Mike Miller falling down, you you don't know what the what angle the ref is looking at you from. It could look like a legitimate penalty, you know, going uh, full speed, you know. For sure. And if a guy goes down like that and the, the referee sees the littlest bit of contact out of the corner of his eye or you know, out of his peripheries, maybe he just assumes that that's what happened and throws the flag. Granted, I, do I think it was a penalty? Yes. Was it a good penalty? No. But that's, that's the rule. You can't touch a guy in the back on a return or, well, any play and knock him down. 
granted, he did cut in front of him, but that's just a heads-up play by Miller, in my opinion. I, I think the game would do well if calls weren't made for things that don't affect the play, especially when it comes to pass interference or you know yards after the gain. I, unless somebody's you know getting face masked or whatever, I, I think it would speed the flow of the game up. Now, now you're creating a gray area, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it, are we doing the are, are these rules for game flow and you know impeding offense? Well, yes, but at the same time, there is there are penalties in for player safety, such as roughing the passer and roughing the kicker and blocking the back, as an example. So, where do you draw the line as to what is a penalty and what isn't a penalty if it's away from the play? Karen was taken care of. Uh, she gets groceries for a year. She gets uh, the rest of this season in bomber tickets and next season. A VIP trip for her and her family to the Grey Cup. And she gets 500,000 air miles, which uh, the cash equivalent is about fifty grand. I guess a few years ago, her husband won a $700,000 lottery as well. So I think they're all right up in uh, Manitoba. Well, there's nothing there to spend their money on anyway, so... <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do, go to Steinbeck for the weekend? (laughs) But regardless, all the spotlight was on the officiating again. How do you look at it? Is it a massive problem that we have in the Canadian Football League? Because as far as I know, we we can rewind about 60 days during the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you look at the outroar on Twitter then about those referees. It's every league. It's humans. It's how it goes in sport. I don't think it matters what league you look at, whether it be the CFL. And the reason people crap on the CFL is because it's the CFL. And there's there's a section of can of Canadians that are just the minute they see a chance to jump on it, they do it. So you look at the NHL; the rules totally change when you get to the when you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Guys yeah. are getting manhandled, no call. Let the players play. Let them settle the game on the ice. Look at Major League Baseball right now; it's an absolute joke. With the way umpires are running at the NFL, even nobody knows what a catch is. Nobody knows what a clip is. Like it's, it, it doesn't matter what you look at. Officiating is going to be a problem. Just with the amount of national presence that it has in Canada right now, with every game being televised and every home getting it, it just I think it just magnifies it even more. I don't think it's a huge problem. I think it is something that he needs to look at. I mean, uh, people that don't like the CFL crap on it every chance we get, but fans of the CFL also crap on it as well. So it's fuel to the fire, you know? <laughs> like it, People that hate the CFL, you almost would never know. <laughs> every no, chance it, they get. You, could, you, sh- could talk to, you could talk to a diehard CFL fan, and they'll still find something to nitpick about and crap on because it's not enough like the NFL. I think it's a league near and dear to our hearts and we want it to be amazing and I don't I really don't care about the NFL I've watched one game in the past 2 years and I'll admit I like sleeping in on Sundays now so I, I really don't miss it at all <laughs> speaking of the NFL you remember Spygate down there well we've had a bit of a CFL edition of Spygate this week I will try to summarize this this is like an oreo double stuffed oreo cookie man there's so many layers to this so a birthday cake double stuffed <laughs> oreo <laughs> so chris jones basically implies that hamilton had a spy at practice because 
there was a play during the game where it was sniffed out in two seconds. So then Calgary responds. Uh, they closed practice this week with Saskatchewan in town. Then Chris Jones ends up talking about that as well, saying that the CFL is a fan-driven league. We shouldn't be doing that. He also says that more show up for practice in Regina than games in Toronto than today. Kent Austin fires back, saying Chris Jones' suggestion is absurd and that they should fire the scout they were spying since basically the Tiger Cats ended up getting whipped. Is... Does Chris Jones deserve to be in trouble for what he said about the Argos? Because there's a lot of fans out there that are really crying about this one. I just think it's uh, a funny joke. I can't believe he said it, I'll be honest. Like, I can't believe that he said that. It's a former employer of his. He won the Grey Cup there. You'd think he'd want to keep them happy because people in Regina aren't exactly that happy with him right now either. Chris, Chris Jones looks out for one person. And that's Chris Jones. He'd care less if you're his player, if you're one of his assistant coaches, if you're one of his coordinators. He looks out for himself. So he, I don't think he cares what he said or that he said it. I'm sure he would stab his mother in the back. Oh, if he got him a W, for sure. <laughs> Great cups on the line. Your mother's got a flat tire. It's minus 40 north of Saskatoon. What do you do? Ah, I'll talk to her. I, I wouldn't. I if I'm if I'm Chris Jones, well, hell, even now, if I was going to Great Cup and the Riders were in it, and my mom was stranded on the side of the road, I'd still be going to Great Cup. <laughs> she has CAA; she'll be fine. <laughs> my sister, by the way, she's pregnant. Her due date is coming, like Great Cup, and I'm still going to Great Cup either way. So anyway, well, yeah, if it's not your kid. That would just be weird. <laughs> so but anyway, should he have said anything? About like the Argos like that, he probably shouldn't have. I, if you look at what Bo Levi has said on Twitter and other players and coaches and such, um, this it, he could get fined. And do I think he should? He Maybe because you are you are somewhat uh, crapping on the league again, saying like, and everybody knows there's already problems in Toronto. They don't they don't need to be piled on. Um, but at the same time, it's hilarious that he said it. I think that's awesome. Um, I would expect nothing less from Chris Jones, um, except for a terrible call on third down in overtime. <laughs> so will they get fined? I don't know. Should he? I think so. But that's really up to the league, I guess. I do like the idea of teams sparring in the media to kind of spark a little bit of a rivalry there. I, I absolutely love that. No holds barred. Piss each other off. You know, let's sell the game. If that doesn't make people in Toronto mad and make them want to go to the game, what will? You know, have, have some $3 civic... beer. Hey, they got $3 beer at the tailgate, man. Well, I don't know. I'd be all over I, that. Yeah, well, I probably wouldn't even make it into the game. <laughs> well, let's, let's, uh, let's just point out the irony of Chris Jones calling out another team for cheating. Like this is hilarious to me. Yeah, that that too. Calling out the Tiger Cats. Like, dude, you've been fined three times in the last eighteen months. Give your head a shake. You beat them thirty-seven twenty, but one Who cares play if they had a spy. One play they were ready on, and that's not good enough. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> whatever. 
Right. It, it's Chris Jones. We all know how I feel about Chris Jones since he got here. So, I mean, I take it with a grain of salt, but I still find it hilarious that he's, he's complaining about other teams cheating when he's been <laughs> fined numerous times already and probably will get fined again before the end of the year, let's be honest. I think this is a really cool uh, uh, initiative that the CFLPA has uh, come up with. We've all we all know how sometimes athletes kind of struggle with money. We've seen the thirty for thirty episode on it, and the salaries aren't extravagant in the Canadian Football League. So maybe it's even more important that they manage their money. So the CFLPA mm-hmm. has teamed up with the Enriched Academy. Jim Tree Leving and Bruce Croxon from. Uh, Dragon's Den are in this as well, and it's basically helping players manage money. And I think this is awesome because sometimes these guys, they come out of school, they play football, and then after, it's just back to the real world, and it's like, what did I get myself into? Oh, it's it's amazing how many guys will retire from professional sports and not have a dime to their name. Yeah. Heck, uh, Jack Johnson in Columbus filed for bankruptcy as he was still playing in the NHL. His parents screwed him, yeah. His, yeah, his parents screwed him over. Um, but like you said before, the salaries aren't as gargantuan as they are in the other leagues, so managing money is even more important now, especially in the CFL. After football, if you want to have that quality of life and if you do end up retiring early, to be able to know what to do with your money. I know it's a cliche, but make the money work for you. Yeah. Um, cause a lot, and a lot of these guys don't spend their full years at school. Mm-hmm. They, you can opt out or, or not opt out. You can declare for the draft after your junior year. So maybe a lot of these guys, not all these guys have degrees. So once they're done football, it's either go back to school and you can get your degree and get into that field, or you have to find something that you can do with what you have. And, for some guys that, like, there are guys that just disappear after after football and you never hear from them again. And yet there are some guys like Gene Mikowski and Matt Dominguez who you see around because they have managed their money well while they were playing football and now they have their own businesses and now, you know, they're starting to grow that aspect of their life. So this is, I think this is huge and it can do nothing but benefit players in the long run for sure couple transactions. A.J. Jefferson ends up signing with Saskatchewan and get released by Ottawa. Uh, Ryan Phillips gets released by the Montreal Alouettes. I think this is a case where Phillips maybe doesn't have the legs to play cornerback anymore, but I think he could still make a great safety. But you see a lot of teams, they go with that Canadian safety and that wrong passport. You have Loeffler, you have... Uh, in Edmonton, Neil King. Uh, there's Canadian safeties all over the place. So uh, maybe maybe teams are set, and uh, maybe this is the end for Ryan Phillips. I think 13, 14-year uh, career, great career in the CFL. Edmonton Eskimos end up signing offensive lineman Jacob Ruby. He was a first-round pick for the Montreal Alouettes a few weeks ago. They signed linebacker Kevin Jackson. And I guess an injury note, Noah Darius Bowman this week. This is Thursday. The show's coming out on Thursday. So if you have him in the lineup, get him out. Bryant Mitchell will be stepping in. He had some good moments in the preseason. It's only going to cost you 2500 bucks in TSN CFL Fantasy. So, hey, why not throw the Hail Mary if you're rolling with the Ottawa players this week? Yeah, uh, that would probably be a smart, smart play. <laughs> I, I, I covered all the bases, right? 
I think so. All right, buddy. Let's talk about the games. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out podcast. I guess quick bullet notes on every game uh, from last week. Winnipeg beats Toronto 33-25. The name of the game here is Returns. Martise Jackson, 339 return yards. I don't think I've walked that much in the last month. It, it could have been more. What about Karen? <laughs> it could have been more. It could have been more. <laughs> poor Karen, poor Karen. <laughs> Ricky Ray throws for 330 yards, but two interceptions. You thought that was, I guess, kind of mediocre? Matt Nichols, 20 of 36, 228 yards. I know they put up 33 points, but the offense in Winnipeg is still really not clicking. It, it's it's centered around Andrew Harris and Weston Dressler, and again, if you shut Weston Dressler down, you got a good chance of not going to score points. Kind of, they scored thirty three on Thursday night, but the, Nichols twenty for thirty six. That's not good enough. That's not going to get the job done. No, you, you almost you almost threw as many incomplete passes as you had completions. It's not going <laughs> to it's not going to work in CFL on a consistent basis. Um, you know, they're still they were still able to scramble up thirty three points, and the defense held a minute, so. I mean, they come away with the win, but ugh, that is a terrible stat line for Matt Nichols. I think if you were going to take the steal of the week, it might have been Montreal over Calgary, and you would have been right. 30-23, to 23, Ernest Jackson has 118 yards, and that catch he made, ho, 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 look on oh. Twitter. I, I have to say the receivers this year have put together a highlight reel, and we're only, what, five weeks into the season, that is a mile long. There's There's been some incredible catches. And two guys are running away with it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Green and Greg Allen. Like, it's been ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, these, these guys are really good football players. Maybe people should start paying attention. Um, you know, double coverage probably isn't going to hurt on these guys, but yeah, nobody does it, and they just keep making catch after catch. Now, I, I guess the story of this game was Jerome Messam getting ejected after Chip Cox gets under his skin. I don't know if you saw the play here, but basically Jerome Messam fumbles it, and then uh, the Owls return it for a touchdown, and then after they score the touchdown, Chip Cox gives uh, – Throw Messam a little bit of a shot, and Messam basically yanks his hand off and yanks him down by his face mask, gets kicked out of the game, and that really changed it for the Stampeders. They had to do sort of a hybrid run game with Roy Finch, their returner, and he is a dynamic guy, but it, it was a totally different feel than having the big monster truck of a back and Jerome Messam back in the backfield for the Stampeders. Yeah, uh, well, having Finch carry the ball from behind scrimmage, he doesn't do it a lot. No. Um, you know, he's used, he's used to having a wedge and set up, and, you know, he's got, he's got a little bit of a buffer zone to kind of pick a lane and go for it. Um, you know, if you're Drew Messam, you, you can't do that. No. Um, it, it, no matter what sport you play, a physical sport you play, the, the guy who retaliates is usually the guy that's going to get the worst, of the, the, the crappy end of the deal, right? Um Guy gets under your skin, beat him on the scoreboard. That, but I think yeah, Chip Cox knew exactly what he was doing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's Kenny Lindsman, one hundred and one. Oh yeah, that's the rap. That's that's what. If that's what you got to do to win football games, 
that's not your fault that the other guy can't control himself. So I like I like that by Chip Cox, uh, but Jerome Messon just has to has to put his head on straight right there and you know just realize that you know if I can't do anything stupid here, we want to win this football game and and getting kicked out probably had a pretty big impact on that one. Chips made a career out of pissing people off. <laughs> he pisses me off, and I just watch him on TV. <laughs> Last week, you had said we're at the point where we need to start Kamar Jordan for the Stampeders every week. You're probably right. 140 yards. Devaris Daniels came back, and it didn't hurt Kamar Jordan's stat line at all. But Devaris Daniels gets 79 yards and a score. So the two big receivers there in Calgary as they get ready to close practice and play Saskatchewan this week. We move on to BC beating Hamilton 41-26. It was kind of funny. BC loses their first game of the year to Edmonton, and then they had... It's, I guess, not technically a road trip because they came back to Vancouver, but three straight. No, they didn't. They stayed out east. Not in between the, not in between the first and second game. They stayed out there. Okay, so between the first and second, they stayed out there, but they came home between the second and third. Yeah. They beat Hamilton 41-26 and won three straight games in the east. That's not easy to do, no matter not how. Not on the road, no. no. Like, winning in the east. Not that hard if you're BC, Calgary, or Edmonton. Like, let's be honest right now. The East is a crap, crapshoot. Um, but for them to be traveling three time zones and still, like, three time zones one way and going back and forth is ridiculous that they're winning these football games. I I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I took Hamilton this week, figuring that something had to give with BC, and they just shut me right up on Saturday night. Well, they got off to a good start. There was a ton of turnovers. They had all the momentum. But credit to BC's defense. They would not let Hamilton get anything going. They couldn't capitalize at all. But I guess we have to talk about Travis Lule. Jonathan Jennings gets into the game, has one play, hurts his shoulder. He has had the MRI. It comes back as negative. They're calling him week to week. But Travis Lule throws for 436 yards. Nick Moore has 220 yards receiving. It was 2011 all over again. (laughs) Do you think that Lule can do this again this week against Winnipeg? He's like 4,500 bucks on TSN CFL Fantasy. Absolutely. If his offensive line keeps him upright, he's going to torch defenses. He's been sitting on the sidelines for two years watching nothing but film and not having to actually play. You know, he can. he's probably better now at reading defenses. Granted, it does take something to do it in a live game, but he's seen so many different looks now just from being the backup with Jonathan Jennings. And now, he has, now they can talk to each other and bounce ideas off and probably what they saw. I if they keep him upright, it could be another big week for Travis Lule. I don't know if I'm ready to say that this is the second coming of Travis Lule, you know, because Hamilton gave up 506 yards against Ricky Way, Ray, 380 against Kevin Glenn. They have made quarterbacks look incredible <laughs> so far this season. And Lule hasn't played a full season since, yeah, 2011 when they won the Grey Cup. But I will say... He's looked like he had more zip on that ball than he has had in years. I think both Ricky Ray and Travis Lule, with all the shoulder issues that they've had, lost some of that power in their throw. But mm-hmm. Lule, he had it all back on Saturday when they were ready to smash the Ticats. 
Yeah, he like he looks really good. Um, you know, obviously the shoulder is feeling a heck of a lot better. Yeah, and and he's been healthy. He hasn't he hasn't played a, a significant amount of football in the last three years, four years. So, you know, he's had time to heal. He's not getting rushed back. Um, like I said, he's been watching. He does nothing but watch film on the sidelines. He talks with Jonathan Jennings when he comes off the field every time after every drive. Um, I don't want to say it's a resurgence, but we could see flashes, and BC is going to be a team to be reckoned with in that Western Division. It's, the Western Division is far and away, again, the stronger division, and I think you look at it with Lula and Jennings both in BC, they have two viable options, which having two number one quarterbacks, a lot of people say, well, then you don't have a number one, but in this case, it benefits the BC Lions for sure is, you know, they're able to keep a keep an offense together and a guy who knows the offense who isn't just being thrown into the fire. And yeah, this week could be big again for BC. Hamilton running back Ross Schuerman costs you twenty five hundred bucks on TSN CFL Fantasy. I'm rolling with him this week because of all the linebacker problems in Edmonton they have kind of struggled against the run this season, although last week against Ottawa, we'll get to that game, they held William Powell to only 3.1 yards per carry. So they were good last week, but if Hamilton decides to run the ball, and they did have some success here, eight carries for 58 yards. Eight carries seems to be a lot of carries for Hamilton <laughs> these days. Oh, man. I don't know why they won't run the ball. He had success in this game against the Lions, but he got himself a touchdown. He's very cheap. He also had the three catches, only nine yards, but I'm interested to see how they use him again this week. I'm rolling with him because simply I'm rolling with some Ottawa Red Blacks players. It is a very interesting week as far as fantasy. I know the Red Blacks already have a game in the books, so we might as well divulge what we did. What did you do uh, with them? It was funny because when I went to make my picks on Monday, I saw Moses Madu was like $11,000. And I'm thinking, what is the glitch here? <laughs> it's because both games count. I still don't know why they have Moses Badu priced higher than William Powell, but either way, that's besides the point. What did you do as far as Ottawa went this week? Uh, I went a little risky, and I remember we talked about it either last week or two weeks ago about maybe starting a backup quarterback yeah. or a third stringer to get those, uh, you know, the, the red zone touchdowns. So I took Ryan Lindley at 3,750. And I you know what, I'm going to load up. I took Sinopoli, Spencer, and Ellington uh, all over seven grand. I was able to fit them in. And then I took Sherman as well as you did there for 2,500. And I was able to fit Trayvon Van in against Hamilton. I mean, he looked really good, or well, at least good, uh, last week against Ottawa. Yeah, he had 103 so yards. So, roll with that. And Hamilton's offense—you never know what you're going to get. It hasn't been the greatest, so I decided to go with the Eskimos' defense on that one too. So, uh, loaded up with Sinopoli, Ellison, Spencer. You know, the, the top three guys, uh, top three receivers for Ottawa, and just hoping that it hits. So last Friday, Ottawa did lose to Edmonton 23-21. We're at the point where the defending Grey Cup champs, it's like how many times or how many new ways can you come up to lose? Like 
man, they, they didn't get the two-point conversion at the end of the game to tie, but missed kicks and missed opportunities. The Eskimos are squeaking out wins, but it doesn't matter. Wins are wins. They're 3-0. and I think they've won their three combined games by, like, nine points or something, and Ottawa has, you know, uh, lost their three games by combined seven. So seven. <laughs> the, the parity this season has been absolutely incredible. But as far as the Red Blacks go, I think the big story is their schedule. Four games in 17 days. A lot of people talking about, is this even safe? And how are they going to manage their players? But here's the thing. That's not the stupidest part of their schedule. Bye weeks, week 18. That's their first bye week, their second bye week, week 20. How did that get get approved? If you ask the league, all they're going to tell you is stadium availability. But it's a joke. There's nine teams in this league. I don't know why we have to have a five-game week. It makes no sense. Rotate the bye weeks through... You know, next year, Winnipeg obviously plays week one and somebody else gets the bye week one. Yeah. Just rotate them through. It's a done deal. Everybody gets two. You play, you play the same amount of games. You don't have these four games in 17 days. That is ridiculous. It is. That should never happen. You're averaging a game every four days? No. You can't do that in football. There's no recovery time. People are going to get hurt. It's It's not fair to Ottawa. And that being said, the defending Great Cup champions, why don't they have well, – you can't really see if I'll actually play everybody, but in the NFL, if you finish in that bottom tier, you have an easier schedule. So why doesn't winning get you an easier schedule so you're not getting screwed over with these four games in 17 days and your bye weeks aren't until the end, so if guys get hurt, you got no extra time. It, it's ridiculous to me, but it's happened the last two years with Toronto and – uh, when Kohan was still the commissioner, he was on the radio and said, it's stadium availability, there's nothing you can do about it, yada, yada, yada. Ottawa plays in a stadium where the only other tenant is a NASL team. So you'd think, Ottawa, you'd think the Red Blacks would have some pull there. I don't, I don't get it. It is what it is. It's crap for Ottawa. But, you know, Toronto could end up uh, being the beneficiary of this on Monday. So I guess we'll see how it all plays out. It's like they wanted Toronto to have a good schedule, and then they figure out everything around it. (laughs) The pieces just fall where they may when it comes to that. I'm interested to see how they manage their players because basically you can't practice. You you just have to watch film and get out there and play. There were a couple guys that had the game off uh, tonight because, and I think they would have played if they would have had a normal week, but no. Give them the day off. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's turning into, it's turning into the NBA. Like, oh, we got to go on a Western road swing. Well, LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love are all going to sit the last game. Yeah. Or they're going to sit the last home game before they go on the road because they need to beat this team to for playoff. It's, it's a joke. Like now we're resting players on a game when they can play. I got to you got to play four days later. No. Like Saturday to Thursday is about as tight as you want to get. And now you're going Wednesday, Monday, like it, and 4-17. and 17, one, one of these guys recovering from these games. I don't get it. I'm interested to see how they handle the running back on Monday. Is William Powell going to get himself uh, a break and bring Moses Madu in just to, you know, kind of manage that, 
that lack of a break because Powell runs very violent. That that uh, he's one of my favorite running backs in the league, and maybe that's why he's banged up. But he had eleven carries tonight. He also had six catches, so seventeen touches. That's basically uh, only behind the quarterback as far as touching the ball, and he's taking a hit just about every play. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, they give Moses Madu the start against uh, Toronto on Monday just because of this reason. So Ottawa did beat Montreal. They got their first win of the season, 24-19 the final there. Nick Lewis gets his 1,000th catch. He also gets himself a, a touchdown but, man, Ottawa should have crushed Montreal in this game. Maybe it is the fatigue factor. Montreal turns the ball over five times. Ottawa, zilch. Man, Montreal. And it came down to the last drive as well. Ottawa ends up shutting down Montreal uh, with a third down stop. I did think that the the spot there was pretty shady. But uh, <laughs> they end up hanging on and winning the the game here. But Darian Durant, 452 yards. He threw some bad interceptions in the first half, but that second half, he uh, really showed what he can do for Montreal, and they almost pulled out another win from the Red Blacks. Yeah, and again, with the five turnovers in the auto defense, that Montreal defense all year when they're on the field has been bend, don't break. And they held Ottawa out of the out of the uh, end zone for the most part tonight and forced them to punt, forced them to kick field goals. And, you know, they, 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 that's what kept them in the game was their defense. They don't let teams capitalize. And then Durant throwing 452, but like you said, had a really bad first half. His first three or four passes were absolutely awful. Oh, yeah, the timing. Like, I, they were just off. It, it looked like the, the communication was off. It was not good. And then... He settles in, in the second half, and you see that vintage Durant, um, that pass to Cunningham, uh, and the one to, to Underwood for the touchdown. Were both those were those are Durant passes. The, the step up, guns it. You know that his players and the old guy that can catch it, and sure enough, they come up with a catch. One fifty two still made some bad decisions in the first half, and maybe with all those decisions, we're looking at a different end result. It's almost like Montreal maybe outthought themselves a little bit. They, they made it down to the mm-hmm. 10-yard line. Maybe they wanted to kill the clock a little bit, but they made it all the way with passes. Tyrell Sutton, the leading rusher in uh, the CFL, not in this game. Brandon Rutley comes in, and uh, he had a fumble in the first half. He kind of struggled. I, maybe the game's a bit different if they have Tyrell Sutton, but suddenly they start running the ball, and look what happened. It ends up getting them stuffed. But the big play came after that. Uh, Ottawa gets stopped on first down about a minute left in the game, and then they decide to pass on second down. I'm thinking, what are you guys doing? Greg Ellingson (laughs) flies through the air like Superman. An absolute clutch catch seals the game. He has 100 yards. Brad Sinopoli has just under 100 yards, 96 to be exact. Ernest Jackson, B.J. Cunningham for uh, Montreal, they have 100 yards. And for fantasy, I went with the Ottawa defense. 20 points. Yeah, those turnovers add up. Brad Sinopoli, 15.6 points. And Trevor Harris, 23 points. And man, I hope they get me more points on Monday against Toronto. Well, I mean, Ricky Ray is 80 years old, so 
is not that mobile. You might get some facts this time. Oh, yeah, that would make me a happy camper. I I got some $2,500 players, and you know those guys. They're either going to be a home run or they're just going to be an absolute mess. So we already have one game down this week. I think we got to pick the other four, don't we? I would assume so. All right, let's do it. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. All right, Edmonton and Hamilton. It is Thursday night football. I almost rolled with Mike Riley this week because seeing what other quarterbacks in the CFL have done so far to the Hamilton defense... I think that old Mike might put on a bit of a show tomorrow. He is or tonight, I should the say. best quarterback in the CFL yeah. right now. Um, his, he's big, he takes care of the football. He can scramble when he needs to, makes the right reads. Makes, he throws an unreal ball. Um, yeah, and Hamilton's defense has been less than suspect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Early on in the year, it looks like we know what it's going to be for the for the time being. So yeah, I'd go with Edmonton here too. Yeah, I I can't I can't pick Hamilton. I, I no, I don't. At this point, I I think they'll rebound this season, but I don't think they even get back up to five hundred. It's it's just been rough. Uh, the Eskimos are without Darius Bowman this week. Bryant Mitchell steps in, but I'm going Eskimos as well. We got to go with that rap remix of the fight song. Now that is a song. We go on to Friday Night Football. I'll tell you, last season, every time the Bombers and Lions played, it was an event. They ended up playing in the playoffs. Every game they played was absolutely incredible, and I'm really hoping Friday night, 8 o'clock, these guys put on another show. Bombers, Lions, who do you got? Oh. I'm going to take Winnipeg. Me nope. too. No, I'm going to take BC. <laughs> take a BC. Take a BC. Okay, let's get to oh, your. Let's get to your. Myself let's there. get to your song. I am going to go Winnipeg here. I'm not 100%. Wow. I want to root for Travis Lule. I don't know if I can, I can, you know, uh, <laughs> pick him based on a game against Hamilton, who has a terrible defense. But, I mean, Matt Nichols hasn't been lighting the world on fire either. Either way, I got a feeling Bombers on the road, they steal one out of Vancouver. It's Jets at Satellite. Baby, cool your Jets is what I say. You never had to end this way. Killing the vibe. It is Calgary and Saskatchewan on Saturday night. Where are you going here? 
this is the one game that I'm not 100% on this week, but I'm taking the Riders. Why? It, I don't know. I just I feel like it's about time they beat Calgary. It has to happen at some point, and I, I just I just got a feeling it is it's it's just now it's now or never. So I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. Couple things: the Stamps haven't lost at home for a long time, and has Bo ever lost two consecutive games? Uh, I don't know if he has, but what I hear when you say they haven't lost at home in a while is that they're due. Can you really win? Then you must pick and choose. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, you to? The Sheepdogs from Saskatoon. I can't pick the Riders, though. Not in this one. We're going with Loverboy from Calgary. Why don't you turn me loose? Turn me loose. Turn me loose. I gotta do it my way. I'm going it And then it is Monday Night Football. Doug Flutie bobblehead night at BMO Field. Two tickets for 1997. Get your ass in the seats, Toronto. Red Blacks, Argos, who do you got? Toronto. Ooh. It is, they're at home. It's the fourth game in 17 days for the Red Blacks. Toronto has to knock them down, step on their throat, not let off. Like, Toronto has to win this football game. If Ottawa wins, it says a lot about Toronto as a team in my eyes. You've got a team that's played way too much football in the last two and a half weeks, come in and beat you. That, that can't happen. Toronto has to win this game. Cardinal official. I'm going Ottawa. I think this team is going to be on pure adrenaline, and I do think it can last a full four quarters. Uh, for the Red Blacks. I think that they win Monday Night Football and spoil the party in Toronto. I will say the one good thing about the Ottawa Red Blacks putting their bodies on the line is that we have like five days of football this week. That's awesome. Five consecutive days. Oh, well, we skip Sunday. We skip Sunday. Oh, we do skip Sunday. Well, perfect. I got Sunday off. I can go golfing. (laughs) Perfect. So basically five consecutive days. So (laughs) awesome job. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Uh, I, I made it through this podcast without uh, having a break on the toilet, so I will consider it a success. I think we all would consider that a success <laughs> if we didn't hear that. <laughs> Thanks, Brazilian Ty. Where can we find more of your crazy ass opinions? Uh, at Twitter, uh, at Brazilian underscore Ty. Sticking uh, around on there. I try to keep it pretty PC. You know me. Not that I want to really be a loudmouth soul. Try not to get too excited. I got a job to keep. <laughs> I'm at Travis underscore Curra, C-U-R-R. 
A-H. I have to be kind of PC. Otherwise, yeah, I get cut as well. You can follow, like us on Facebook and Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. We shall talk to you next week. Have fun watching football. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.